0: just goes a little mad sometimes.
1: Wolfman's They're coming to get you, Barbara. Whatever you do, don't fall asleep. We have such sights to show you. They're all gonna you! You're listening to the Jersey call
0: Hey, everybody! What's up? <sighs> hey,
1: speaking of what's up, uh what's up is so this is not the
0: episode you were expecting
1: i'm so sorry to all the people who reached out to me saying how much they were loving this bracket we lost about half of our footage from our day of recording our march madness um it's it was just a technology glitch there was nothing we could have done about it
0: we tried um unfortunately it happens and the, the apology to you guys, the apology to Joshua and Joe from Fright School and Joey for taking the time that day. I mean, we had six hours invested into this, and this is really heartbreaking that we ended up losing the last three brackets. Um, what we are going to do today is we can at least recap, just so there can be no cliffhangers, we can at the very least recap our entire bracket.
1: Yep. And I just kind of want to echo how much I want to apologize to both the freight school uh, gentlemen, as well as Joe from every month madness on our podcast network from three crones, because I am horrified that we would lose, you know, our hard work and it was such good podcast material and, and I feel terribly, but on the, on the plus side, you get our spark notes of it. yes (laughs) (laughs) so we what we have in front of us is the bracket as it went down and we're going to try and really capture what the gents and Jackie all kind of agreed upon as they navigated to very to number one and we're going to try and move quickly so that everybody can still get the experience of the bracket and again guys we're so fucking sorry
0: (laughs) yeah all right well with that being said let's jump into our sweet 16 and our very first matchup was Carrie versus Misery
1: I gotta tell you, this one was a shock for me, but in all the right ways, um, the group actually chose Misery, and I was here for it. Um, I think Pound for Pound, Carrie is a great first book, but it's just that. It's a it's a starter novel, and if I had to pick which movie to watch, I'm, I'm going to lean towards Misery. I think it's a better, just a better all-around watch, Pound for Pound.
0: I think in general, remembering the conversation, the consensus is you, you can't you can't come up against Kathy Bates. Kathy Bates in Misery, I mean, she won the Oscar. We, we touched on that, that she won the Oscar. And I believe that she beat out Meryl Streep that year. Like the, the year she won the Oscar, she was up against some heavy hitters and she still came through with a victory. Annie Wilkes is so iconic. And the reason is Kathy Bates. And I think it was kind of a no-brainer that, that Misery was going to push through.
1: Yeah, and that's fair. And not to say that I don't think Carrie uh, deserves a space in in Stephen King uh, mm-hmm. history, both the book and and the movie, um, because they are really interesting, fascinating looks at like female adolescence, and you know so many different layers of feminist uh, you know analysis that you can get out of Carrie. But I Carrie definitely one of those movies that you got to be ready for that deep dive. Otherwise, you're going to be you know it's yeah. you know it's not a fun to watch by any stretch to me. All right, so the next matchup. Was it 2017 versus Gerald's game?
0: I was very, very happy to see Gerald's game hit the road and 2017 push through. I made made no bones about it in the last episode. I didn't like Gerald's game. I didn't like it at all. So I was very, very happy that up against it, it didn't stand a chance.
1: And that, see, that's funny because I am actually a really big fan of Gerald's Game. Gerald's Game and Lisey's Story are always the two that I say don't get enough attention for how awesome they are. Stephen King doesn't make a habit of writing women uh, you know, like he, his stories are pound for pound so much more likely to be about young men and male English teachers or writers. But it's ironic to me that, that when he does write from a woman's perspective with a woman as a protagonist, these two stories really hit for me. This story, like Jarl's Game to me is just like a story about abuse and, and a, a woman who's in a really tough situation that physically manifests itself. And it's such a mind game. Um, and I gotta tell you, the thought of being trapped, like stuck on a bed. is terrifying to me now i'm I'm curious i have never
0: i've never read gerald's game so i'm curious if i would like the book more than i would like the movie they're
1: pretty faithful to one another there's a few big there's a few big things that are changed in the novel in in the movie and i'm not going to give it away in case you do decide to read it but okay pound for pound the basic premise is pretty faithful so yeah so it it 2017 squeaked through the next round
0: next up we have the mist Versus the made-for-TV movie *Rose Red*.
1: Yeah, and this one to me was a no-brainer. The mist, you know, absolutely. Of um, went it. it
0: was a lot of nostalgia that pushed *Rose Red* through. I know for myself and for Joe from *Fright School*, we both had such good memories tied to it. And surprisingly, because *Rose Red* beat out *Cujo*, which was the huge upset in the first bracket so when it came to rose red versus the mist the nostalgia could not save it and obviously (laughs) the mist is is a better movie despite my rant about organized religion and how angry that movie made me it's definitely the better choice and the mist was a clear winner to push through to the elite eight
1: um yeah and and i agree with you i think rose red is good for what it is which is like a a a made for tv movie that was based on a stephen king book and i actually think it was really good uh, for what it is um all right the next one was children of the corn versus needful things and again to me this isn't a shock that children of the corn went through the boys all agreed that it was much like more you know effective as a scary movie and a, a better adaptation this is one of the ones that's based on a short story um my thing about Needful Things and why it's heartbreaking is that the book is just so good and yeah. the movie is so not. <laughs> and like, <laughs> I mean, to me, that's just the, the summary of why Needful Things doesn't get the vote this time. And I it does, so, but
0: <laughs> I feel, I feel, I feel like in this one, I was good with either one going through and you know to me this was like needful things in children of the corn are kind of in that middle of the road where it's not a terrible movie but it's not one of the best like these were two fairly middle of the road movies that whichever one pushed through that was perfectly fine i, I didn't think that either i believe none of us believe that either one of these would be making it much farther <laughs> it, you know children of the corn was not going to take the crown in this one spoiler alert Children of the Corn did not take the crown.
1: (laughs) Oh, man. Um, The next one was The Shining versus The Dead Zone. And again, this one's an obvious, right?
0: And it is. And it's the heartbreak. As I stated in in the last episode, The Dead Zone ended up being my absolute number one favorite movie that I watched. I absolutely fell in love with The Dead Zone. Like, I want to own it. I I, want to just put a big Dead Zone poster up in my room and just... It, it it was fantastic I stand on the hill alone for dead zone obviously up against the shining there's not there's not a lot that even Christopher Walken can do
1: and wow okay I'm surprised that your vote would go to the dead zone and I this, loved it this is coming from someone who can't stand uh, yeah everything now I,
0: I, I mean I know what the it. shining is I know what it means I know the whole legacy of the shining but like I said out of All 32 movies that we watched, my heart absolutely belonged to The Dead Zone. I I thought it was a fantastic movie.
1: Yeah, I I think it's a a good adaptation for for Mm -hmm. what it is. I think it's very faithful and very well done. And I think that it holds up surprisingly well. That's my big takeaway uh aha, from Mm -hmm. my rewatch of The Dead Zone. Because I hadn't seen it probably since childhood. And I was like, man, this movie really holds up. Like, I don't know. I was impressed with it. Is that the Cronenberg one? Yes. Okay. Um, yes. Yeah. All right. So the next uh, matchup, this one was tough for me to see this movie go. Dolores Claiborne versus Dr. Sleep. Dolores did not make it through. Dr. Yeah. Sleep. Yep. Dr. Sleep won this one. Yeah. And I
0: think that Dolores Claiborne is a fantastic movie, but I think it does fall short of a more effective horror movie. Uh, Dolores Claiborne, much more of a suspenseful thriller movie as opposed to a out and out genre horror movie um I I mean Dr. Sleep is is a very fantastic film awesome cast awesome performances it's yeah very very sad to see it go but very obvious that Dr. Sleep would push through
1: and Dolores Claiborne falls into that category of me for me of movies that I argue will redeem Stephen King in history because like, again, it's a film very much and a book that are very much about a woman's experience at being abused and women taking back power in the only ways that they can. And I think that sometimes the the books and and the stories like Dolores Claiborne, like Gerald's Game tend to get overshadowed by stuff, the bigger hits, right? Mm -hmm. But I think that these are the moments where I'm always like, Stephen King, everybody needs to back, like take three giant steps back because yes, there are some, undeniably problematic things in his writing. They were a sign not only of the times that he was writing in, but also the fact that he was drugged out beyond his friggin' gourd um, for most of it. And while I'm not excusing his behavior, because I would never excuse anyone's behavior in those moments, I think books like this and movies like this are the reason why I'm like, you can't just dismiss him as like a white male writer who doesn't get you know who doesn't represent the other gender or anybody else Mm -hmm. well I think he always had good intentions for marginalized groups but he just never executed them maybe in the ways he should have but Dolores Claiborne is a great story about a victim taking back her fucking life and Kathy Bates right I mean national treasure she made both of these characters become iconic without her I don't think misery or uh Dolores Claiborne ever become something we're still talking about
0: I agree. I agree 100%.
1: This one hurts my heart because I love both these movies so much. The next matchup puts The Stand from 1994, made for TV movie, Molly Ringwald, Gary Sinise, M O O N, Jackie, that spells versus Pet Cemetery. And I was a little heartbroken. This is one that if I would have voted, I'm not sure I would have it out the way it did because Pet Cemetery went through.
0: It did. This is tough too. I really, really enjoy both of these movies own both of these movies own and read both of these books multiple times this one was this one was absolutely tough um the stand is so good but i will say that the stand is also a commitment like you're sitting down oh, to yeah. several hours this was one of those uh, we talked about it on the show back when you know movie events were a thing when stephen king made for tv movies like an you etched out thursday friday and saturday and everybody sat around the tv on cbs or abc or whatever show or whatever channel it came on and it was an event and the stand was one of those things but it's it is a commitment pet cemetery has some fantastic special effects um it has some fantastic acting it has gage the creepiest little toddler on the face of the planet it has zelda who is just
1: well well let's save it for next round Okay. <laughs> because you're right, it's it's a it's an epic movie, and it to this day is effective and it scares, in my humble opinion. It does. It really um, does. But fuck, I love the stand. I, I mean, know. It, it's one of it is literally often when people ask me my all time favorite book, it's usually the one that I I, I quote as my all time favorite book. I read it once every couple of years because. As I've gone through all of my delightful stages of life, it has, it is, it is really just perfect for every season. It really is. It's like, wide 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 just gets better with every age. Um, and I just, I, I love the characters. I love, and The Stand to Me is the book where it was so long, but fucking perfectly long like yes whereas eight I'm like dude we could have this isn't like the Zack Snyder's Justice League too soon I don't know if it's too soon. <laughs> too soon I'm on I'm on hour three and I'm it's like a chore and I don't know yeah. why I'm balls like I am so intent on finishing this damn movie and I don't know why because I it's literally just a chore but the stand is never long in the wrong ways to me
0: no, not at all. I agree with that 100. percent I do the same thing every few years. I crack it open, and it is engaging from yep, page one time. to page five thousand four hundred ninety, <laughs> however however long it is. Yeah, that one. And and I agree. It is another book that is extremely lengthy, but there are definitely parts that could have been trimmed out of the book, and it's still oh, see, effective. I don't
1: agree. I think it's oh, really? See, I think yeah. every there's nothing in the book I want to change. I want like. 20 more years worth of chapters um and i also think that the new adaptation of it demonstrates that it's still the themes in that story and the plague the plague picture that king paints as one of the most effective like when we went into quarantine a year ago i was like captain Trips is here yeah <laughs> baby can you dig your man um what's funny
0: is uh, peek behind the curtain at the moment i am um re-watching homeland uh it was a showtime show i only ever watched the first three seasons and then i like clocked out for a it too,
1: after three seasons
0: and now I'm like you know what I have I found it on Hulu I'm like I haven't seen it since it had aired originally on Showtime so I'm like you know what let me go back and rewatch. and I'm gonna do the whole thing what cracks me up is the vice president in that movie is the actor that played Randall Flagg so I yeah. I'm just giggling the whole time that Randall Flagg is the vice president of the United States vying for the presidency and it just cracks me up because I'm like excuse me vice president sir where's your denim where's your denim jacket?
1: <laughs> right i mean, can't take you seriously without your Where's your, your rat? So. you're like mullet i mean yeah
0: to no back. sir Just can we please <laughs> get back to randall flag that's, <laughs> that's what i need
1: so unfortunately um, we, yeah we say goodbye
0: yeah so stand. the the stand uh mayhap it stood a chance mayhaps, uh, didn't. mayhap's it didn't uh <laughs> but either way pet cemetery moves on our final bracket in our sweet 16 was the 1990 mini series
1: it versus salem's lot how dare all of you I don't know how you, Joe <laughs> Costal, or anybody from preschool School sleeps at night after this choice.
0: <laughs> so It from 1990 moved through to our <clears> eight, <88, throat> and, and we had to say goodbye to Salem's Lot. Oh, shit.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing. I, I loved, Salem's Lot was the book that I think seriously, like, I lost probably a month of sleep over. I, I loved everything about it. I still can close my eyes and picture like the bluish tint that the vampire had. It was so original George Romero Dawn of the Dead, which is why I have such a nostalgia love for all of it. Um, I think Salem's Law is one of the truly most terrifying stories that he's ever done. It 1990, I get it, but who has the time and energy to cinder that 12 hour opus to Jonathan Brandis? Nobody. <laughs>
0: oh R.I.P. Oh, Jonathan Brandis. Know, um, you tri- know what I think and I think what it I think the way that it shook out for all of us was Salem's Lot was absolutely an effective horror movie it's a scary story it did not stand a chance against one Mr. Tim fucking Curry Tim Curry as Pennywise is what elevated this movie to the next round just because of how frightening he was and I also think there was some nostalgia goggles on a couple of us. I'm not myself, obviously, because I never, no, never let nostalgia never you. get in the way of any of my rational choices. But no, I think it, I think that, that, that performance, just the ensemble cast, I think was what, what made it Salem's lot is, is very good. But I think also the fact that it was one of the older ones kind of hurt it a little bit.
1: No, that's fair. Yeah, yeah. that's fair. Yeah. Um, so you guys are the worst. That's what yeah.
0: No, we are. We we revel in it. So that was our sweet sixteen yep. pushing through. Is Misery It from twenty seventeen, The Mist, Children of the Corn, The Shining, Doctor Sleep, Pet Cemetery, and It from nineteen ninety.
1: That's right. Let's just jump right into our elite eight. So uh, this would put Misery against It twenty seventeen, and I think this was a, the, a close one. This was this was a hard one, and Misery won out on this one. And
0: and I think, I think what it came down to with this one and it was an excuse that a couple of us had used in ro- in the it was an excuse that a couple of us had used in rounds previous was it chapter 1 is fantastic. Yes. It chapter movie. it chapter 2 really, really really sunk. You know, it yeah. it didn't both chapters because we were doing this together but both chapters when you put them together didn't really hold up fantastically and when you put it up against a movie like misery it really didn't stand a chance as good as chapter one was chapter two hurt it hurt it so so much
1: I, I'm with you I, I am I, I think that 2017 is an, a solid effort for what it was but if you really are looking at the filmmaking the acting that just overall pound for pound uh, misery to me is the obvious choice um, But those, I got to tell you, the one thing I like to kind of point out if we're going to pour one out for it is those kids did an awesome job. I really was Mm -hmm. impressed that they were able to find that many child actors who were so good. And, you know, I know they have Finn Wolfhard was the obvious choice to be in it, but the girl who plays Bev, she's been awesome in everything she's done. I mm-hmm. think they disco- they legitimately discovered a bunch of little cutie patooties and I'm yeah. here for it. Um, and I also thought that what's his face, uh, the not hot Skarsgård did a great job <laughs> at, that's what I call him, of course. You're okay. welcome, Alex. Um, no, Alec, Billy. Billy Baldwin Am I the, I, the Baldwin? only scars
0: guy I know that there are many scars guards the only ones I know is, is the dad from Thor and this oh one. yeah
1: yeah I don't no, I, I don't know the any other scars true, oh see I think the hot one is the one from true blood who, I've never who, watched yeah never oh uh, he and he played Randall Flag in the new the stand so. oh did he
0: yeah okay. did he wear denim he did Okay. Not
1: on. not denim on denim because not anybody can pull mm. that off. But you know,
0: well, yeah, maybe you don't want to fuck with perfection. I mean, <laughs> no,
1: you, don't. you can't. You can't. You can't.
0: You can't. That's that's lightning in a bottle. You that's can't like, like that trying choice. to be right.
1: That's like trying to reenact the Godfather. You, there's something. <laughs> 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 yeah no so it 2017 said goodbye and uh Annie Wilkes and her cock duty moved through the final four man the next one I know you were not happy with but I was it was the Miss versus children of the corn and the outlanders we gotta say goodbye to them I, again I 100% thought this was a no-brainer but I see that you were much more likely to hang with Isaac and his crew and Malachi oh, yeah. I'm you. here for Malachi but here's okay so here's what i am interested in <laughs> If we're putting re- re- problematic religious zealots, which is your big beef with the mist, uh-huh. this entire movie hinges on a bunch of crazy ass little ginger zealot fanatics.
0: Yeah, but it's funny because they're children. <laughs> and they're like, like, it's, it's uh, what it truly is for me is it is nonsensical to think a bunch of children are going to murder all the adults in town and take over and start to, when they're he who lives behind the rose.
1: There are people,
0: there are people that are actually like that in the movie, the mist, like that's very much. I can turn off the mist and I can find that in real life. Whereas children of the corn, I can't find that in real life. The mist I can, there are psychotic religious zealots like that, that prey on people in those kind of situations that's very real and i but don't that's like what isaac
1: was too yeah but isaac that's I, like again like version of
0: i can turn off the mist and go find those kind of people i'm not really going to go find isaac and malachi in the you world. better
1: hope you don't uh outlander <laughs> all right so the next one to me this was like the battle royale thunderdome of event of the entire series, I agree. And I gotta tell you, I was shocked with how this one turned out, especially knowing that my brother, who who violently loves the Shining movie adaptation, the the next bracket was the Shining versus Doctor Sleep, and f- drop the bomb that Doctor Sleep went through. I you explain it because I was just like, jaw- I can
0: here. Here's how I can explain it. We had ha- we have a rule that if you didn't get to see the movie. You don't that's get to That's right, vote.
1: that's right, my and brother.
0: And Joe You're never right. got to see Dr. Sleep. <laughs> hey, I truly hey. think had Joe seen Dr. Sleep, I don't know that it would It would be Dr. Sleep pushing through over The Shining.
1: And I gotta tell you, this is a moment where I get to point my finger and go, hey, hey, my brother, because <laughs> I was classy and didn't do it during our recording. But now I'm going to, because that's what he gets for not doing his homework. Also, Dr. Sleep's a great movie. I don't know why he wouldn't just invest in watching it. Um, uh, yeah,
0: as far as sequels go, th- it was- especially when it's like a sequel 40 years later.
1: Yeah. And to such an iconic book and movie, you know, like how do you revisit Danny? Well, first of all, I think the book is phenomenal. Like I thought, like it's, I I hate to admit that I do this, but when I read, anytime I finish a new Stephen King book and I read them all, um, I'm always like, was that old Stephen King or was that new Stephen King? And if it's, I mean, old Stephen King as a compliment. And when Dr. Sleep came out, I tore it into it and was done in a day, and it was old Stephen King good
0: to me. Yeah, I mean, The Shining, uh, I don't have the vehement hatred for The Shining that you do. I don't love it. Like, it's okay. Like, I'll watch it. Like, it's, to me, it's, I'm not one of those Room 237 people that, like, likes to pick it apart and talk about how, you know, the, the box of Cornstarch with the Native American on it is pointed to the west because that's what the white man did to him. Like I'm, I'm, I'm not one of those people that that does that with that movie. I understand there is a shit ton of symbolism. I understand that Kubrick is a quote unquote genius. He's also a uh, monster. So you know I, yeah, the importance. I mean, you know I, I don't know. Like yeah. I said, to me, it's I. I don't hate the movie. I also don't love the movie. I. I will. I do find interest, and, and I know that you don't want to hear this, but I do find interest when when Joe starts to go on his tangents and starts to talk about it and, and kind of really get into it. I, I do enjoy listening to Joey's take on The Shining because he will pull out little nuggets of things. And I'm interested in listening to him talk about it. But I really don't want to watch you know, like, I I don't want to watch the documentary about it kind of thing. Like, I'd rather listen to somebody I know talk about it. Uh, I don't know. Like, I'm just.
1: See, it's funny. I I have, I struggle with this because like, I've seen Room 237. I've watched all the behind the scenes and extra extras. I went through a huge, I love the shining phase before I realized why Stephen King, like, I, I think part for me learning to like, not like the the movie version has been part of like my growing up process because, and I know that's very cheesy and you're laughing at me, but at the end of the day, like I realized that the heart of the shining and it took me reading it as an adult was the relationship between the father and the son and the relationship between the husband and wife and how, at the end of the day, if that nuclear family is not strong from the get-go, it, it, it the whole fucking point is lost. And that's mm. why I know everybody makes fun of me, but I, this is why I love the, the mini series that came out in the nineties Because it hit the nail on the head with the idea that what really matters is the love these three people have for one another. And that's what drives, that's the thing that battles the evil in the book. And this, this fucking movie really got that wrong. And probably because Kubrick's a monster. But whether I like it or not, Kubrick is a genius as a filmmaker um and again it pains me to say that out loud because as someone who has been in film school I I rolled my eyes when I knew we were getting to 2001 I was annoyed by so many things that are Kubrick in life Eyes Wide Chuck can suck an egg because it's a stupid fucking movie but at the end of the day like I also recognize his genius I recognize why people are obsessed with The Shining it is an incredibly well-made movie and incredibly directed, and incredibly scored, and all that stuff, but fuck you. Stephen King doesn't like it, so I don't either. Suck an egg, Kubrick. All right, so yeah, so the Dr. Sleep went through and what I think was one of the biggest upsets of the bracket. The last of the Elite Eight was Pet Cemetery going up against the 1990s It.
0: I remember that, I think it came, I feel like I remember this coming down to me to make the decision. I
1: believe it did.
0: And at the end of the day, it pained me to vote for Pet Cemetery over 1990. It, but I just it's one of those things where you have to recognize like, Pet Cemetery is it's just a better movie, as much as I love it. Pet Cemetery, it's just a better movie, you know. It's better acted, there's a better script. You have to take the nostalgia goggles off. Pet Cemetery is a better movie, you know. The ending of it from 1990 was very bad <laughs> and and we all know this we've watched it we know it pet cemetery is legitimately the better movie and i couldn't in good conscience not vote for it so it's
1: because we... it almost feels like an injustice to compare them because of the made for tv versus regular movie format you know what i mean like, yeah. like comparing apples and oranges but i agree with the pound for pound pet cemetery is so much better the book the movie you know a a hot take i think pet cemetery is a better read than it is it is a chore dude i've read it twice i read it when i was a kid and I read it right before the new movie came out in 2017 because I wanted mm. to like bone up. Remember when we did our It extra? Yeah, yeah. we
0: had so, our whole It yeah. summer. We all read it. And oh it my God.
1: Forever. Literally read. I feel like that whole summer was the summer of It for me. It um, really was. But yeah, no, I, I think pound for pound, that's the better choice. I really do. So I, I'm okay with that one. And that takes us right into the final four, you guys.
0: Yeah, we've got Misery versus The Mist and Doctor Sleep versus Pet Cemetery. And I think quite frankly, this was maybe like the easiest choices to make on both accounts. First up, Misery versus The Mist.
1: I don't agree, but I'm gonna let you say <laughs> your piece first and tell them who won.
0: Do you think, you think that Misery, oh, so Misery wins between Misery and The Mist. You seriously would pick The Mist over Misery?
1: I, I think, think The Mist is a profoundly well-done adaptation. And I say that as someone who loves Skeleton Crew with every fiber of my being. One of my favorite Stephen King's, pound for pound. Every one of those stories is perfect. The Mist is so good. It's so thematic. It's so relevant. The, the just, the way they did the ending was so, I can't believe I'm even saying this out loud, but the ending of The Mist where he makes that choice, it was jarring, yeah. it was just heartbreaking. And the, the story, the book doesn't end that way. The short yeah. story doesn't end that way. So I thought it was such a bold choice. And and so, yes, do I think Misery is the better movie? Yes, I do. But do I think it's an easy choice? Do I kind of hate it the way you do? No, I, I think The Mist is a really, really strong movie. I think it deserved to be in the final four.
0: And you know what, it gets its participation award for being in the final four, but it just does not compete up against Kathy Bates, up against the sledgehammer to the ankles. Misery moves through to the finals. Yeah. And then we have Doctor Sleep versus Pet Cemetery.
1: This one to me, again, I, I know why you guys chose what you chose, but I was, I gotta be honest, I was shocked that both of these movies made it to the final four. Really? Yeah. I mean, again, I don't know. I well, they, just, once yeah. again,
0: we are plagued with Joe. Uh, Joey did not vote because he didn't see Dr. Sleep, which I think by the end of this, he was going to hang up from the phone call and immediately <laughs> try to watch Dr. Sleep since all the rest of us were raving about Dr. Sleep. So in the end, Dr. Sleep did beat out Pet Cemetery and make it to the finals. And we had to, you know, uh, bid bid farewell like a big 18-wheeler racing down the street goodbye pet cemetery
1: yeah and and it's it's hard because <laughs> pet cemetery is to me one of the scariest and are maybe even best of the Stephen king yeah. adaptations i, th- God, I Zelda was, to this day
0: Ooh. i truly think what was scarier was trying to listen to you and your brother um do your best Fred Gwynn impressions with <laughs> Some dead sometimes. <laughs> sometimes dead is better.
1: Sometimes dead yeah, is better.
0: What is that? That's cheap. That sounds like Connery.
1: I don't even, I know, like, I don't hey, even. Yeah, I sometimes
0: think, sometimes don't, dead is better, <laughs> <money> penny. <laughs> sometimes.
1: Sometimes dead is better. Uh, for the record, <laughs> that was not me doing that. That was Joseph who does the impersonations. I admit that my impersonations are terrible. <laughs> I love, and I love Eddie Well, because I got to tell you, I love when she, <laughs> Mr. Man, um, yeah. There's just so, I, and so, to, so to me, this, this final, like the epic top two battle here is pretty legit because you have misery with this just unbelievably good old school King versus Dr. Sleep, which is proof that he still has it all this time later. And both movies from like a critical perspective are so good and so well done and so well acted and have iconic people in them. I think, and ironically, like I would argue that Ewan McGregor was was a perfect choice for
0: her. Oh for, God, he right? was
1: fantastic. And, but pound for pound to me, the person who steals the show, both the book and the movie is, is Rose the Hat. Like, I, I mean, just, I don't know. It's, she's such a good, she's such a good villain. And I I will openly admit, I kind of, I kind of crush on her just as a creator. Yeah. Uh, I mean, let's just, I'm just gonna leave it as I crush on her. I'm not even- Yeah, no, (laughs) I have a
0: hardcore crush on her. No, I thought that from book to film, their rep, like their interpretation of Rose the Hat in the film Mm -hmm. was exactly how I pictured her in my head. Like they 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 got her spot on- the exact, like, I figure, I I just, I just, I saw the hair, I saw the hat, I just, I saw the woman and what they portrayed. I also really like, like, I feel like the movie pushed you, but then never went too, too far. Like, the scene when, uh, the True Knot is, is killing the little, the little kid, like, the, the, the little boy that they, they kill in that, like, whatever place they're in, like, that scene- that that was tough to watch hearing that little boy cry and the whole line but it's like it was done with such intent because you had to show that like they have to be scared they have to feel pain otherwise their little mist that they give off isn't as effective and I feel like they pushed us just far enough without pushing us over the edge and yeah it was was so it was so well done yeah it was the little girl that played Abra I really liked her too she's so
1: cute yeah I agree. I think everything about it was great. So, uh, you guys chose Doctor Sleep over Misery.
0: Doctor Sleep ended up being our, being our winner, winner yeah. of of the whole bracket and it's it's tough because Misery Misery is fantastic. Uh, there's there's you there's really no bad thing to say about either one, so it was really such a tough it's choice true. to pick yeah. which one's better, but I think that this also falls back to you know we're picking the best adaptation we're we're here for stephen king horror and misery is much more of that suspenseful thriller movie where doctor sleep is it's it's you know ghost and goblins and supernatural and scary and i think that that helped elevate it um I, I'm really trying to rack my brain. A, a, another quick peek behind the curtain, the day that we did this was the day after my second vaccine and I was hurting real bad. Yeah. Um, I was like, I had the chills and the body aches and the whole nine. So I apologize that I don't actually remember a lot of what we talked about. So
1: one of the things I kind of think is the best thing about Dr. Sleep and why it edges it out for me is Mike Flanagan's directing too because I have such a creator boner for um Mike Flanagan (laughs) like he does the return to Hill House he does he's he did Hush which I thought was really good he's done Mm -hmm. he's worked on a lot of stuff that I think is really good in in modern time he also did Gerald's Game and at the end of the day like I he did a perfect perfect job of sprinkling the shining nostalgia without ever making it corny or overdone and he never like he never went so far away from the original vision that you were like well why are you Kubricking this like he did a perfect job of putting his own unique spin on it I think truly these characters are hauntingly like the villains are haunting to me they're so scary Mm -hmm. um I think Rose the Hat is such an empowering badass bitch villain and I think that they did a great job of portraying Danny and what it would be like to like live with the trauma of not only having The Shining but also having been through everything Danny had been through. And right. I think it was, it was a, bu- it's a beautifully done film. And I think that why I'm super happy that it won was because I like being like, well, we had a, a best of Stephen King and Dr. Sleep took number one. I can super live with, I would have been annoyed if either something really cliche, like the shining one, or if a genuinely bad movie that I, doesn't I, hold up. one.
0: I will say, I do. Re- thank you for saying that because you jarred my memory. And I do remember saying that, that, I I think I even said it out loud that like, I don't want The Shining to win. Like, I don't want to be the podcast that does such a cliche thing of letting <laughs> Shining, yeah like no shit The Shining is great. Like, that's not a surprise to anybody. I, I, I didn't want that to be I didn't want that one to win. I didn't, I, I couldn't, I couldn't abide by it. And, I really, I really, you know,
1: I, I agree. I, I but just like as a feminist podcast, as a podcast that tries to be culturally sensitive and aware as a podcast that stands with victims, <laughs> all of that shit. I'm like, fuck you, Shining. You had your time sit down and let some the big boys and girls play now. Like, so yeah, I'm with you. I I'm glad. I'm yeah. really glad that this shook out the way it did.
0: It did. And like I said, I was sad to see Misery go, but I think that those are, they're two of like, probably Misery the best. Misery would be back.
1: Have... Yeah.
0: Oh, oh, Misery Chastain. Oh, Misery is Chastain. Her Chastain. Yeah, is Chastain. Is a better name?
1: Misery Love, Misery's Return. Don't worry. He's going to write Misery.
0: it any day. He, was, he No, who was it? James Caan. <laughs> Kathy Bates. James Khan. The The movie pretty much is just the two of them for the majority of the movie. Yeah. Their, their dynamic is great. I love watching it. It's fairly faithful to the book. There are a couple changes, but for the most part, like, I don't know it, it to me, it was that th- those were the two that they I probably, place. Yeah, yeah. Would, would definitely put in from the, from the get-go. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it definitely was up against, uh, Dr. Sleep was up against the heavy hitter, but I think Dr. Sleep in itself is becoming, you know, the heavy hitter. It's, it's, not for nothing but again like it's I don't and I when I say it's a generational thing I don't mean like generational between us but like like you said in the 70s it was the shining and in the 80s it was like you know the dead zone and then the 90s had the stand and all that and you know we're now in the 2020s and the the Stephen King of the times of the 2020s it's Dr. Sleep
1: yeah I agree I think he, one of the things for all of his faults, as far as his writing goes and his history, one of the things he does well is he evolves with the times and he's he's on our side, you know? He's a liberal, he's anti-Trump, he's all, he's a feminist, he's he's come a long way and he recognizes the own problematic nature of his work. So I, I agree, I think this is a perfect ending for us. Uh, to land with Dr. Sleep is the best one. And I think that it speaks so highly to our judges because they are all such brilliant thinkers. And I'm so sad that we lost all of the amazing things they said because we are not doing our, our absolutely amazing yeah. uh, guests for this any justice. So so thank you again to the boys of Fright School. And thank you again to Joe Costal from Every Month Madness and JoeCostal.com for uh, coming out and and doing this with us because it was such an incredible journey and we feel terrible that we lost half of our footage we
0: did we will absolutely have everybody's social media linked in the show notes um and we implore you to please check out every month madness check out all of the fun new shows coming from the three crones production studio yeah um we've got blocker buster every month madness
1: and this very soon to yeah, a lot of good stuff happening over at the Three Cruns Network, you guys. And of course, check out the Boys of Freight School. Their podcast is absolutely amazing. It's so cute. My mom just messaged me to tell me how much she loves listening to Freight School now that she listened to them on our every uh, on our March Madness. It's adorable. <laughs> and I love that she's like, I just love those boys. Um, yeah. and it's so cute. And and I feel the same way. I just I just want to just open my purse. And find a Weather's original at the bottom of my purse to give each of them. And that's how I how much I love them. Um, just like my mom.
0: <laughs> Here's a crusty, dusty old yep, hard that's candy. That's how much I
1: love them. I want to give them the old, crusty, strawberry-wrapped... You know what I'm talking oh, about? The little yes, strawberry I, I do. I love them that much. I want to find that at the bottom of my purse and give it to each them.
0: I don't think that's a very nice gift. I don't think they want to be your friend after
1: that. <laughs> um, fuck you. That's a mom's love like personified and I no understand.
0: no that's a nana thing that's not a mom thing like that's grandma my thing. mom already
1: by the way said that i and i and i believe this that when they come into town she's gonna give them the real italian experience like she's gonna make meatballs oh they're, joe's yep. gonna be
0: excited Yep,
1: they're gonna make the meatballs and the pasta and, the, and, and the we're bazooks. gonna have a little gabagool and, oh <laughs> yeah. joe's
0: gonna get his gabagool. oh my god
1: we're gonna finally give that kid the gabagool he deserves sounds dirty but it isn't um <laughs> so all right well anything else i mean dr sleep is our big grand winner um we got to start planning for next next year's march madness so any ideas for what we should what we should uh
0: yeah definitely let us know if you've got an idea because we yeah. are always open to that don't forget to check us out Uh all over social media on your favorite podcasting app. Just search Jersey ghouls um, on Facebook. Please contact us at three crones productions. If you have a creative idea and need an outlet for it, please let us know any way we can help. We would love to talk to you. You can also head over to JerseyGhouls.com for more information. And I think that's it. Mr. King, we bid you adieu.
1: All right. That's it. Bye. -bye. Bye. Bye.